Welcome back to an all new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast where we are intergalactic space crusaders fighting to survive. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. I know Dan, couldn't help bringing up Russell Allen this early in the episode, but we are the Super Metal Brothers and we do as we please. That's a great, great album. That's a concept band called Star One for you sci-fi fans out there. It's pretty much like a super group and all the songs are based on like sci-fi movies and TV shows. Fantastic. We are kicking off with one more week to New Dead Fest, Danny. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, this Saturday, some of Australia's best bands and some international bands are coming down to Fowler's Life for pretty much all-day metal. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Bujira, you know, you've got Napalm Death and uh, Lock Up as well. Not in that order, but, you know, for we've actually reviewed Lock Up, speaking about that. So we thought, you know, chuck it down out there if you want to see Nick Bark play live and if you like what we talked about the album and... Uh, you know, check it out. Grindcore at its uh, fastest, I'd imagine. Yeah, it should be a great day. Uh, I can't wait. I mean, tickets are selling fast, so make sure you get on there quick as you can. To a more important things, though, you're here to talk or listen to us talk about, you know, what, what, what's been on our minds this last heavy metal week of ours. And this week's no difference. We are in the finals fever, are we not, Danny? We've had the grand final yesterday. Commiserations to our fellow Adelaideans, but congratulations to Richmond, surely the underdog of the two teams. Yeah, very, very much true. We were, we were caught right in the middle of the crosshairs between massive Crows fans and massive Richmond fans, and we were pretty much neutral yesterday. But it's always good to see South Australia come up on top. We don't win that many things, but... And uh, yeah, well, I guess we're like, because we are used to not winning nice things, and we did lose this one as well. But also, right as we speak right now, the NRL final was on, but we thought, why not ask the fans? We did see Macklemore do some singing, I guess that's what you call it. It's not singing. It's, it's not a rap. Just, yeah. And, and rap that rap. got us thinking, like, what bands would we prefer to see on the NRL? Even the AFL yesterday, they had uh, something, it was, I think they got Killers or something. Yeah, some band, which was apparently popular 10 years ago and yeah not really so we were anymore. like you know what let's air what bands we think could have done a better job of enticing the crowd getting things excited because i know when i'm thinking about you know running into battle and, and smashing into a brick wall at you know 30 k's now with my bare head i'm thinking macklemore i'm thinking sensitive sweet you know progressive rap yeah exactly was it like lionel richie like last year before um that's that's one he went i want to pump myself up for the biggest point of the year <laughs> i want like soft progressive like adult contemporary music to like really kick that up a notch so we're going to ask you guys what you guys had to say about that we're also going to talk about the latest all out war album Danny. this is a band that got onto our radars last week and we thought wow why not try something a little bit different yeah this has been around for ages i think it's like 90s or so and pretty much classic uh, thrash metal band straight out of America so yeah. yeah the albums give us extinction if you want to know what we have to say about that make sure you listen to us later on in the show but right now Danny let's get on to the news Jonathan Davis known as the corn singer to some to others nah he's just really known as the corn singer apparently Taylor Swift is a fan yeah I'm not sure if that says more about corn or more about Taylor Swift really well it's hard to know because it kind of feels like when you meet someone, it's like, oh, yeah, I was totally into it. I'm like, I don't know, man. She probably saw like a, a film clip once live or something. And, you know, she kind of went, oh, that was probably, oh, that was like, yeah, that one thing on, on radio rental, no, sorry, video hits or something. I don't know what they had in America. But, you know, like just, you know, MTV before it went bad and not played music. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, Taylor Swift, I think she's even younger than us. So when she was like in her teens, that's where like Freak and Alicia stuff was coming out. So that was everywhere. So, she probably got caught up with the hype and said, yeah, I like corn because they're on the radio and they're on the news and on the TV. So, yeah, I love you guys. 
It's like when you meet like a celebrity that you don't really may love or whatever, but like when you meet them in real life and they're really nice, you're like, oh yeah, I'm totally a fan of yours. And you're like, what am I doing? And you get caught up in that 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 space and you're like, yeah, because you know you can still brag to your friends about it at the pub that you've met so-and-so, like uh, Tara Moss or whatever, you know, the, the yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, you, the boys would like respect it. Like, well, she is hot as she is in real life and that's what they're going to ask you, right? And if they're cool, then at least you can have a better story. Like, yeah, I was totally like talking to her and everything. And, like, we're best friends as well. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. she hit on me like three times. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, go, you know, embellish the story a bit. But I'm guessing that's what it was like for her too. They're probably nice enough guys and a little bit of that fanness kind of came out. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's also good. Metal, uh, the music community is quite tight in it as well. And you probably have the same producers, so same record company. So you, you have to also be nice. Otherwise, you know, you might be getting fired. Judge tosses out Vivian D's motion to dismiss the $400 million Spinal Tap lawsuit. Now, as far as lawsuits goes, this is dive to 11. You know, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> basically, everyone's fighting some of that sweet Spinal Tap mockumentary money, I'm guessing, Danny. Yeah, exactly right. Apparently, um, the, the three main Spinal Tap guys and Rob Rayner, their producer, all won a bit of that um, Spinal Tap money. You're correct, and. Unfortunately, when they had to hire those puppets for that puppet show, it kind of drained their funds. So they mm. want to recuperate some of that back. And apparently, there's a bit of money here. It's about $400 million they're trying to get back. Yeah, one guy was successful with the appeal, but the other three needs to try out again in order to see some of that money, you know, get back onto the uh, gravy train that is Spinal Tap. Um, I guess for us, we still get to enjoy it, but it seems a little bit complicated at the moment. Yeah, it's still, like saying, the, the, I guess the owners of the movie wanted to be dismissed, but it's kind of been partly delayed because three of the people decided to file a lawsuit in their like tax name and you're not supposed to do supposed to be your personal name yeah but all that means that they just have to reapply yeah. down the track got 21 so, days 21 days you that's know? enough and you know it's probably it's their lawyers probably like oh if i do this then you, you have to come back to me again and i have to reapply form yeah i get more of that corporate money yeah wouldn't it be like wouldn't you know this as a lawyer and it's like Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. But like we're musicians, so like uh, we're too busy not making much money. So and then having lawyers take it, not cool. Yeah, I reckon reckon that lawyer must have got lost in the backstage of those areas and uh, didn't know how to get out. You know, Fozzie, the band that Chris Jericho's in, you'd know Chris Jericho from his WWE, WCW and ECW stints in wrestling. He's actually uh, going to be playing three gigs with his band in Florida, Texas and Nevada all in one day. The catch, he doesn't have to play good. He just has to play it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the first gig's like nine o'clock in the morning in like, where's the first, I guess, Florida? Uh, you know what? There's very few metal bands. Even if I was playing at like a, um, like at uh, Hackenfest or whatever, man, I'd be still in my PJs, having my cup of coffee on the tea thing, and I'd be sitting down playing guitar like nine o'clock in the morning for these uh, metalheads. Yeah. That means you have to go to a gig during peak hour traffic. Yeah, I mean that's that's like you're lying up on like your black shirts in the hot florist sun, stuck in traffic. Think, oh man, screw you, Chris Jericho. Yeah, and it's kind of like, well, if you want to see Fozzy, but I'm like, that's the whole gimmick. I think is like normally the second and third show uh, would be the shows that people want to go see. So um, I don't know who's going to miss out. Who do you think is going to get the first show? Florida, Texas, or Nevada? I think it's, yeah, no, it's Florida, Texas, Nevada in that order because that of order? The, uh, oh. because of the timing thing, oh. right? But by Nevada, I mean his voice is probably going to be cooked and. Everybody else will be tired. It's going to be a terrible performance. And if you wanted to see all three shows, you can. Apparently, for $12,500, you get to book a, a spot on their private jet and be taken to all three shows. I've heard that Chris Jericho is interesting to talk to because obviously he has had so much experience with On the Road and on with both his music and his wrestling. But 12000 it is fuzzy after all, though. Like, we aren't missing the point that this is fuzzy. The band 
that makes somehow wrestling seem even more boring than it is today. And it's the music equivalent of WWE right now. As in watch, like, it's all about showing the no substance. Yeah, show no substance, really, I thought. I mean, like, I don't know, man. I I hear Fozzy and I'm like, I want to like it. I mean, I I love Chris Jericho, the character. But Chris Jericho, the musician, with all that reverb, I mean, it's like speaking in a hall uh, that's got nothing but mirrors in it, you know, and just all that sound bouncing off and hitting you in the face and in the ears, and you're like, I don't want that in the ears. You don't know that stuff in the ears, yeah. No. Sounds like he's still trying to find his singing voice. Like, what what style would I want to go for? He just chucks everything into it. Joe Satriani, Danny, you'd know him as the guy who actually filled in for Deep Pep once, apparently. Yeah, that's right. In the early 90s, apparently Blackmore like, quit halfway on a tour and they needed a quality guitarist to fill in his spots and Joe Satriani was that man. Mm. Well, he's actually enlisted ex-Deep Purple uh, members. Uh, Glenn uh, Hughes. Glenn Hughes, yep. Uh, with the song Energy and also the uh, drummer from Red Hot Chili Peppers as well. That Ch- Chad Smith guy, I think it is. No, I don't know. Yeah. Why not? He plays drums for Chili Peppers. You know him. He's the guy who like, plays all these real funky beats and stuff. But uh, nice little lineup. These guys can play funky metal, which yeah. is basically what Saturday has been doing for so 30 that, years. That drummer, he was the guy who was stuck with Mr. Mrs. Krabappel in The Simpsons. You know, she was twirling the drumsticks and he couldn't get the drumsticks to play for that. Oh, that's that right. Yeah, true story, that. True oh, story. Oh, yeah. yeah, cool story, man. It's on the Wikipedia page. Uh, you get to listen to some of the track, Danny. Nah. It's more of the Satriani. It's classic 80s rock done in 2000s, but it does sound like 80s rock. So you're just saying like production values are better. Yeah, production, production values are better. It's actually that you know and love. But if you're like me, you probably went, yeah, I don't think I love you anymore. Um, but he is a good guitarist. He can play guitar good. And that <laughs> makes him a good guitarist. That is good to know. I'm, I'm glad you thoroughly put a deep analysis onto his uh, playing abilities. Now, we talked about the whole appropriating of the metal culture by the pop uh, princesses and divas and... The, whatever the dudes are they've and actually got it they've found things they like about metal not the music which we would really like them to put up in the front and have it on you know music stations or on channel v or whatever else they've taken the the fashion the t-shirts right now and we've seen the abortion that was uh the the kendall jenner i think it was who, who tried to blatantly steal uh metal t-shirts from bands right and in the sh- pure stroke of narcissism cross her, I don't know, snorting of cocaine through the truckloads binge. So you decide to put her face or something on those images or something? Yeah, that's right. She put her face over like classic band t-shirts and thinking that that's worth an extra $100 as well. Not, yeah. like, not like we'll charge the same price. No, it's how, my face is worth hundred five times more than like Ozzy Osbourne or Metallica or whatever. But apparently that's not dumb enough. Apparently the pop music now can destroy heavy metal shirts even more than that by how you may ask. By literally slicing two shirts in half that are parodies or fakes of those shirts and gluing them together. Yeah. Literally, there's two logos with two colors of shirts. One might be purple, one might be black, and two different logo designs. And they put it together, and it's like that's working. That's ridiculous. So they, they're and it's selling to a degree, yeah, I've heard. Apparently, they've sold them, but they're very cheap. They're like 20 bucks for a jumper. It's hard to go right past that. But they'll literally get like an obituary like jumper, change the design, and... Uh, same, same like font, but change the name a bit. And again, Emperor's shirt. Again, same text or same font, but change the name. And I bought those two shirts together. And it looks like a, it's terrible. It's like mismatch. This is not like pop music where you get like a rap song and blend it with pop and you make it another one track. No, you can't do that with metal shirts. Like get two metal shirts and stick them together because they have their own styles, man. I, so, I really feel bad for these guys, man. Like they're in a genre which, you know, 
is is really hard to make up uh, an honest buck. And these artists, like the musicians, are studying their craft for hours and hours a day, missing all the important things of their friends and family's lives just so they can make sure they can get better at selling to nobodies and to selling no tickets or no, no thing like that. But that's the artwork. You see it on some of these things like Man War covers, to Blind Guardian, to all that. It's back in the day with Deep Purple. You see, th- these these works they have on the CDs are, are pieces of artwork. They're genuinely inspiring. And there, what they're doing is taking all that beautiful hard work, distorting it, popping it through uh, Photoshop, and then slicing that Photoshop in half to add it to another Photoshop thing. Yeah, I mean, and they're making money out of it. Yeah, and, and the people they're selling these shirts to aren't metalheads. So they don't know that what you're selling is a real metal cover or fake metal cover. They just see the things. They just sell the real metal covers. Stop stop being dicks, man. You know? The the one thing about being dicks is that we got used to the heavy, uh, the mainstream media um, also trying to defame metal lately with the whole being criminals and stuff like that. But it turns out there's this link now between psychopaths having particular tastes and distinct musical preferences, Danny. Yeah, and it's not a classical music route that you... Th- think would be the case based on yeah movies and stuff because it looks so like you know dichotomy or juxtaposition yeah. they're, they're so smart intellectual and so soothing classical but they're so much bastards on the other end yeah now apparently they like rap like yeah. Eminem and stuff so yeah I'm just glad that metal was taken out of it you know before they were just kind of throwing it under a bus because they heard it and didn't like it and the, and after the triggering point three they decided that metal was, was the one that needed to get you know, cut off by the head but now now it's rap's turn so just welcome to the club you know, no, it was only last week where they were saying that um, teenagers now who listen to rap music, so to metal music, are the ones uh, who are going to be murderers and um, you're going to steal things and be, you know, basically connected uh, felons. Yeah, but murderers, see, murderers only kill maybe one, two, three people, but psychopaths destroy like communities. Yeah. So, yeah, but compared to a psychopath, yeah. you know. Bring the whole time they think in rapture, you know what I mean? They're all waiting for their salvation and all they're going to get is maybe, you know, the banks taking all their welfare checks because, you know, Screw if they do the wrong thing, they get to, they get rewarded for it. But this is also awesome. If you want to date someone and you don't know about them, you say, "Oh, can I pass your phone? I want to check out your playlist." You see, like in you know, Eminem, I guess, yeah. with the gangster rap, you're like, "Oh, yeah, I'll see you later." Yeah, it's like I know you. You're gonna forget my birthday, and all you're gonna do is talk about your dog the whole time. So no thanks. I'm gonna yeah. take myself and wait for that metalhead. Sure, he might kill my dog, but at least he listens to good music. Yeah, he won't steal my credit card and change my name. Right. <laughs> he, won't, he, won't put, he won't put China into a recession. So yeah, uh, you can't right. really hate him too much. Well, like slip like cocaine in my bag and send me to for a trip to like Columbia. Send you to Columbia. Get to, get to buy headphones from a bunch of city uh, underbellies. Uh, Dave Grohl talking about Pantera, how Pantera inspired the Foo Fighters. And they're talking about here, not the style of music. That would be great. I'd, I would actually go and see Foo Fighters then. Hmm. But he's talking about the open door policy. Danny, what is an open door policy? It's not open door policy like bands where you just keep changing members over, like Iron Maiden, for example. Yeah. But now open door policy and the fact that like backstage, what he would do, like um, Dave Goh, who'd go grab pretty much a bottle of whiskey and knock on everyone's backstage door and just want to hang out with everybody. So it's about like really just trying to be open and friendly to anybody and everybody. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that the guys really were just about partying, man. Dimebag Daryl gets his name for a reason, you know, and uh, he's all about the party. He's all about getting with people. You know, you hear so many times how he used to just want to go to bed after a big show, but then some fans are knocking on his door and he's like, nah, the fans want it, the fans get it. And, uh, and that makes him super cool, you know, and that's something that Foo Fighters took on board. It's like, nah, we need to do this. We need to make sure we're open there for the bands. Which really makes the other bands look bad too. Because remember how he, he's like breaking his leg and still doing his shows and that. And the guys from 
Coldplay or whatever are getting like, you know, a cold and runny nose and have to cancel to play in front of 30 million people. Yeah, or OTEP aren't happy with the tour with certain bands because they're not selling enough merchandise. Oh, them. that's classic. And they're just like, nah, dude, come into our room, man. Party with us, man. It's no big deal. Uh, we want uh, the Zapper, the Zapper's son, Dweezil. He wants no part of the hologram tour. Firstly, on that alone, I'm like, dude, this sounds like, that sounds like a champion because I am not a fan of hologram tours. I We've talked about this before in the past where it's just basically like, well, if you're going to animate the dead corpse of someone who can't even do the gig anymore, it's basically like putting on your DVD but through different you know, different cameras. Um, we're not getting at too much more. What is this story really talking about that though, Danny? Yeah, so Frank Zappa, so Dweezil, I guess Dweezil, that's how you pronounce Weird name, weird name. Frank Zappa, of course, Dweezil, being a talented guitarist himself, has decided to like, you know, tour and play his, song, his dad's songs and also, I guess, maybe chuck his own songs in there. Um, apparently there's a new uh, family Zappa Trust, I guess, whatever it's called. And this trust is run also partly by his two other siblings. And apparently the two other siblings, based just on this article, I haven't gotten the whole story, but based on this article, his siblings seem to like trying to make as much money as they can off their father's name. In the meantime, stopping Dweezil from actually playing his dad's songs and also make money from yeah. his dad's name. So, you know, it's a very messy situation. It really feels like the other brothers are Sony Music and he is like an upcoming artist. It really feels like that he's actually the Frank Zappa right now going around, but the, the landscape has changed and uh, it really shows you that um, people, once they're on a good thing, they just want to do more of that. But what about promoting a new styling? What about taking the Zappa name onto new places and letting an, an artist kind of go express through that? They're like, nah. I mean, all these kids were, were they were their dad's, in the dad's ball sack and yeah. they became kids. They literally have done nothing to earn their dad's rights or his music. Yeah. I mean, at least the other son here's like learned the guitar and trying yeah. to learn to play his dad's yeah. music. I don't know what the hell these other two kids are trying to do. They're just like, oh, I'm just going to sit back in my $20 million mansion because of my dad and just keep getting in my millions a year. Yeah. So uh, to that, we've got the metalhead of the week and the jeans of the week, yeah, I reckon. exactly. All in one story. That makes it really easy. I don't yeah. mind that. What makes it more genie-full is that... Uh, these these or his the son wanted to um, have a show called Zappa Plays Zappa, mm. but of course his family trust went happy with that. So no no we don't want you using the Zappa name even though it is his name. It's his actual name. Yeah. It's like someone saying you're not Superman or brother Dan anymore or or your name Dan Daniel. You can't use that name Daniel anymore because I know some pop princess has taken that name now, writing really bad songs. And it's like, but that's I've been called that for like thirty years. Yeah. Like why can't we call that anymore? And, and so then he thought, okay, fine, he'll change it. So he changes the Dweezil Zappa plays Frank Zappa to, you know, to separate entities. No, apparently that they weren't happy with that. So now he actually um, came up with the name. This is a classic. Uh, Dweezil Zappa plays whatever the F he wants, the cease and desist to it. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a champ. Honestly, all the best to you. Go out and support local artists. And uh, I'm guessing he's about as local as it gets for those communities out there. And finishing it off right now with the former cynic death drummer Sean Raynard. He's found a band. We talked about this guy last year, I think it was, when this guy here couldn't find musicians who practiced enough. He literally is this good as a drummer that he needs to play with people who at least take the seven hours of the day when they're not you know, sleeping in the other 10 or whatever. The rest of your time, you need to be practicing. And this guy found a band to play with. Yeah, very interesting because he actually left Cynic. Apparently, Cynic was still going around. Yeah. I, I was not aware of this. But he wasn't happy with the way these guys were putting the efforts in. I'm like, dude, they're pretty good, but not good enough, apparently. Well, that makes funny because his new band called Perfect Beings, I guess that reflects who they are. Yeah. In his world, yes, you are perfect. You play yeah. 20 hours a day. Exactly. Like, I'm going to give you a piece of music and you either play it 
or you're out of the band. I mean, it's called Perfect Beings, right? <laughs> That's right. I'm like, yeah. wow, this guy doesn't take any shit, man. This guy sounds like the real deal. But, you know, he's played some pretty good drums, so it's hard to really argue it. I guess so. But oh, how long has that got to last before they all get sick of each other? Uh, two weeks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they won't see the end of the year. I'm not sure, Damas. I'm saying two weeks. All right, guys. So we're going to head over to our pod question of the week. The question this week is bands that you want to hear or see play live at the AFL slash NRL Grand Final. Could be at halftime, could be at the start of the show, or could be the replacement of the show altogether. I'm not an AFL slash NRL fan myself personally. A-League rambles where it's at. And for that, hey, why don't you instruct the A-League in there, Danny? We are in Grand Final season hysteria right now. Yeah, And we've had to ask our fans, because after listening to the... uh, the whack-a-more, uh, uh, singing about, you know, the, uh, I don't know, he's, he's, got, he's got some nice songs, but not quite, you know, like we're saying at the start of the show, the shows that we would go into battle to fight over loved ones with and gain that concussion that would forget your kids' names in about five years. Then cause you get dementia when you're older and commit suicide by the time you're 55. That's so. right. But they do that because they love the sport. And they're doing it because Macklemore told them to. It goes to keep forgetting. And saying about gay marriage. I wasn't too sure. I kind of got bored halfway through the song. Make me cry. I don't think so, man. I cry for nothing. However, I do think we can talk seriously right now about bands we want to see do those massive shows. I mean, they're playing in front of all of Australia pretty much, right? 100,000 at the MCG for the grand final just to see their team email the win or lose. Seems depressing. But what a way to get your album out, and what a way to get started as an upcoming artist. Yeah, fantastic. Well, yeah, or as an established yeah, artist. Yeah, so. upcoming and add artist. To that, you know, second or third Ferrari that you really needed to buy because why not, yeah. right? And why not have like a controversial song at a time where everybody's talking about that controversy, bang, extra publicity. I mean, so, this Macklemore guy around the world is getting publicity now. Oh yeah. So we let's talk right now about it. We want to ask our fans first. Steve Lehman, Glenn Hughes was in town. Our boy. Yeah. He plays with John, Joe Satriani, apparently. Well, there you go. He has Joe Satriani, Deep Purple, mishmash of things. Singer for Deep Purple as well as bass player, right? But yeah. also the singer for Van Halen, was it? No, they apparently no. Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath, uh, thank you. Sorry. I think he might have done White Snake as well for a bit. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know. So this guy has lineage, right? Glenn Hughes, how would oh, he have come down him? for the show, Danny? Would he have brought... I guess he can't, isn't playing Deep Purple anymore, does he? No, nah, but he still does Deep Purple songs. All right, so he, yeah. he could do it. He could get that Richie Blackmore guy. Richie Blackmore want to play with Deep Purple. <laughs> Why not play with him? He just yeah, needs to yeah. find a drummer now. You know, yeah. it's, it's always a Richie Blackmore show regardless who he plays with. Yeah. So that could be interesting. Yeah, true, but Glenn Hughes has, he's more of like a the higher range singer, so yeah. But Deep um, Purple is a good idea. Steve Lehman was kind of on the ball yeah, though. Deep Purple, yeah. Deep Purple, Highway Star. Yeah. Smoking the Water's a hit. Yeah. Black Knight. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously the good ones. But what about some of the other songs that I really like? Stormbringer, great song. Stormbringer, great. Um, Burns, good song. Burns, a good song Fireball as well. Fireball's a good song. There you go. So Deep Purple on the list, all right? Call their people, uh, NRL, whatever. Yeah. Clayton Carson. Got the name right this yes. time. <laughs> Not a fan of Guar, but he loves to see rustling some of those jimmies out there. Decapitation yeah. of beloved or beloved political figures being one of their staples. Yeah, I don't know how well that would go on a um a family day. Does Malcolm Turnbull need a haircut from the neck down, Dan? Does he need it? Yes or no? Uh, hmm. Yes, because because it's only a stage thing. <laughs> but after the presence of after seeing Gua, then unfortunately you're left with the presence of hearing Gua, and I'm a bit oh. like not really a fan of the music side, but the theatrical side. 
I'm not really a fan of it either, but there's a lot of blood. And uh, yeah. if you want, you know, your clothes to leave red after, you know, washing them white, there's your chance. It's like a blood draw all around. Everybody off, you know, on the sidelines for the blood draw. Yeah. Amy Carson, Ramstein, or if you really want to piss people off and make it political, would go with Prophets of Rage. Ramstein is legit a good choice. Big metal band, right? People know who they are. They sing in German, so you're appeasing the... Um, the yeah. inclusive society the part. The ethnics, you, you look after the ethnics. You look after the ethnics, which is really good. So there you go. You got yourself some progressive points right there. But uh, what about that inflatable penis they bring out and squirt a massive amount of jizz on people? That's pretty interesting. The kids need to see it, right? Well, apparently, apparently. Uh, there's no difference to seeing like the, um, the, 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 the gay and lesbian parade in a Sydney. That, you know, it's just that they're bringing it on a grander scale with fire and, and devil wings. I well, mean, it's far more metal than it. When a kid's going to learn about these things, you got to learn sometime. And a five-year-old kid learning, getting a load in his face during a halftime show is the best it, place to learn. It won't be the first time that those girls in the audience who are at the Macklemore concerts have a penis blasted, you know, jizz in their face, right? So why not get it done early so you know how it feels like? Hell, it might even turn off of it. Get rid of that porn star career, become an accountant, get rid of that wage gap thing. What do you reckon there, Danny? <laughs> yeah. Hey, it could happen. <laughs> I'm just saying, is Ramstein to blame for the misogyny in music? I don't know. No, you can't because in their film clips, the guys are all in, like, in bondage. No, in, that's right. They're, they're getting allowed, dragged around. They're, allowed, they're, all, they're all a snuff addicts. Another, another reason to have, especially Anna because that's the Sydney area, so they'll be very big on that. Oh, they will. They, they know that these guys like to uh, not only eat the carpet, but also suck the, uh, the tennis pole in their mouth as well get their film clips on um, Pornhub. These guys are serious when it comes to uh, cross-promoting themselves with sex and music. But uh, a great band to play there, I reckon. It would work. The Sydney market would love them for it. They'd give them a whole parade and uh, good points there from uh, Amy Carson. I do agree with it. Prophets of Rage, uh, not a fan. But on some more important matters, Robert Walker knocks it out of the park with Slayer. Yeah, yeah. totally. Raining blood. Just go on there, play the song, have the guys come out when it's actually raining blood, uh, dragging yes. cattles with them. The decapitated ones, of course, you know, just oh, like, what why a not? Wait, you get gore coming. Once you do the decapitation, blood comes in, Slayer like, pops in. It starts Brilliant. doing like, that'd be awesome. Yeah, because all the blood starts raining from like Malcolm yeah. Turnbull's head. Probably yeah. the real Malcolm Turnbull anyway. <laughs> um, but more importantly, it's really good to see how things are going off with the, uh, the, the raining blood and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Angels of Death. You know, they could just play their hits all from the 80s because, you, you know. God hates us all. Family. Family, oh. sporting. Again, if you play on NRL because that's normally on a Sunday, yeah. then it ties into Sunday being a religious day. So, brilliant. Yeah, no matter what God we come from, we come from the same one. Whether he loves us or hates us, well, you know, let's just make that assumption across the board. Yeah, I mean, like, Jimmy Fallon had Slayer on his, like, family-friendly oh. late-night talk show. So, if Jimmy Fallon can do it, and he's pretty vanilla, I'm pretty sure... AFL and NRL could Yeah. Do. The guy who made a living out of nervously laughing managed to get the one of the heaviest metal bands from the 80s and 90s possibly today. Uh, it's hard to say because unfortunately music production now makes everything seem so crushing and generic. It's hard to know. Yeah. But um, we've heard what the fans want to say, Danny. Chosen a nice little selection there. I don't know what you have to want. I mean, here's the thing. Bands you want to hear, all right, we could save that for maybe another week's episode when down, we talk about Download Festival a little bit more. Obviously, we've heard about the rumors of that coming to Australia. So we know what bands you could see live, but what band would fit the theme of violence, concussions, uh, having sex with your boss's missus, and uh, overall, a life of debauchery and crime? Well, the sex with your missus and some of that debauchery stuff, that's actually more hair metal. Yeah. Because that's, that, that's like down that path. Yeah, it's partying, right? It's getting it really involved. Lots of high adrenaline, high testosterone. 
Seeing boobs, Steel Panther. Yeah, Steel Panther. If you want a band going around these days, yeah, you have to say Steel Panther. Uh, most of the 80s bands are gone, like Motley Crue and Poison, they're all gone, and Skid Row are gone. Yeah. So you really can't get those. Yeah, now Steel Panther, that'd be a pretty good bit party atmosphere. Yeah. A lot of energy. Yeah. Um, if funny as hell. Funny as so hell. They're entertaining. Yeah. If you don't pay attention to their lyrics, then you can say their music's really good. Yeah. They talk a lot of things about um, getting close to the person you love or the person that you have uh, strong sexual feelings for doing the horizontal monster mash with them you know that's good things too you know so they appeal to that market as well a little bit what Ramstein I'm doing a little bit of what uh, I guess the, the footy players do themselves exactly. <laughs> what about um, something that would capture the feel I was thinking a bit of Volbeat I think Volbeat yeah, songs well. can transition well to the live yeah, just classic like it just would fit really well everyone jumping around like wow oh, this band's pretty good have you heard these guys before yeah. and obviously no one has in the audience yeah but we have now you're right that, that's again going for that party feel getting exciting again it's right it fits the mood about celebration about energy and about getting people off their feet and those those bands like replicate that i mean they're not really the hard-hitting bands which like guess mimic afl and nrl but they're still great bands for like the the fans get get around. I mean, like bands like you compared to like Lionel Richie and like Meatloaf and I don't know who else have a shit shit. Just bands which they don't fit. The I don't watch day. it for those reasons. I'm like, oh. if you're gonna get those guys, I mean, I don't like your sport first up, and then you want to make me feel even worse by getting bands that I really don't even like. Yeah, like mean, it's just this toxic cocktail of uh, you know beard cum and, and farts. It's just nothing that I'm interested yeah, in. But, but me, yeah, they're talking about Pearl Jam being on NRL halftime show. Like, oh, that's an awesome choice, yeah. man. Like, Pearl Jam, Foo Fighters. So those bands are great bands to have because, yeah, they're, they're heavy, they're good energy and they're like party-ish type attitudes, man. Well, maybe not Pearl Jam, but like, yeah, but still energy and like great songs. Yeah. So they're the ones I was thinking mostly because I could really go on a tangent and say bands that I'd love to see live play there and I don't think that would sit for the general audience. I mean, like, you know, why not chuck with sugar on this show? Why not chuck another band that's um, like uh, Arcsphere or something? But I'm like, now nah, that would shoot more for a download, you know? Yeah. But really, I think, what about some of the bands we heard this year that might make the list? Persephone? Mm, maybe not, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I mean, you got like Pyramaze? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we had, um, the, was it Ariel? Whatever the bands, the X type held. Yeah, um, Arion, yeah. They were pretty cool. Um, I mean, again, some of the bands, are bit, uh, Nails would be good for like at the A-League because it's so short. Oh, you, you only goodness. have like 10 minutes. By the time you, you go You will up, never be yeah. one of us, man, playing live. I would honestly jump on the field and punch those kids in the head, man. <laughs> like that would be the best time in the world. I mean, I've, after I get escorted, I mean, it'd be the best $20,000 uh, gig I've ever been to. I mean, it's $100 for the ticket and $19,000.99 for the fine. But um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of fun. Well, yeah, that's, that's what's about it. It's about the fun. I mean, it's going to be a problem that we start moshing and tearing up the turf. They they might get a little bit upset about that. But, you know, that's... that's yeah, but the players would have run out to the music already and everybody would have started. Like, what they would do is you play Slayer as they're doing the coin toss. So then as soon as they, like, do the kickoff, they're still, like, listening to Slayer. Like, what a perfect backdrop. Like, yeah. Actually, you know what suits that? you got Sabaton, man. That suits it. you got war yeah. songs, your energy... Your power. Yeah. That would go but it also has that familiarity with sounding like it's just come out of Eurovision. So there's plenty of fami- like familiar noise that you're like, yeah, you know what? It's it's kind of metal. It looks metal, but it has that sound of, you know, Swedish pop as well somehow in there. Yeah, they've really got to be smart with these halftime shows. I mean, they're, they're becoming more of like a yearly joke now. Like how, how, how dumb can, or yeah. how stupid of a choice can it be? Yeah. The, the guys I, who are choosing these are like 40-year-old guys and they, they, they don't know what's, 
yeah. trend you hit. Literally, if they were missing the mark even more and you, to use NRL or AFO as a, as a thing, they'd be kicking the balls like uh, far away from the person hitting the coaches in the corporate box. Like That's how bad we are looking at yeah. right now. I still can't believe they haven't got ACDC to come down to a halftime show. I mean, AFL is so much money. I'm pretty sure they could give ACDC like a million bucks for a halftime show and it won't even affect their profits. Yeah, get free tickets, free club rooms, get all, you know, piss and vinegar you guys want to drink and eat. Um, you need a freezer if they're going to, you know, have to eat piss. But more importantly, get, like you said, these guys, you know, cold chisel maybe, I don't know, just midnight oil, I don't know, just kind of throwing some ideas out here, you know, feel free to rap with me, AFL. But <laughs> uh, I, I guess from there, all we can do is just kind of sit here and wait. But again, we... We are uh, A-League fans, more importantly. So I guess Danny, we aren't really affected. Yeah, but yes, for A-League fans, it's just too short of a halftime. Like, it's only 15-minute halftime. It takes you five minutes for the guys to come on stage. and that. So A-League's more about pre-game and after-game. Yeah. And those bands we've said are pretty much good for that. Yeah. So with that, that's been a lot of... Thank you very much to the Carsons, uh, Lehmans, and the Walker, because uh, nothing makes us want to talk more than bands we want to see play. You know... We got YouTube these days, so if we really want to see our band play live, it's not that hard. But uh, we want our bands to play in front of people that haven't heard the band play live. Because uh, one day we hope they can go from, you know, living in their mother's basement to living in their mother's house or owning their mother's house and then pushing their mum into like a retirement home or something. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, that's an interesting plan. I don't think I'm thinking about this way too much. <laughs> yeah. So let's, with that, let's go to our CD review. All right, the band is called All Out War. The album, Give Us Extinction. Uh, this band caught me off guard. We're looking at CDs to review this week. We had a choice of about four or five because this month, September, or sorry, last month, September, and this month, October, flying, man. We are coming into the final quarter right now. We're looking at the end of the year and nothing spells horror, uh, intensity, and overindulgence than Christmas, really. Exactly. When you see how those people like rush towards the last, like, I don't know. What's it in toy at the moment? Ben 10? Yeah. Whatever. The last Ben 10 doll on the shelf. That aggression those parents face. Evil. And everyone wants a bit of that Christmas money. You know, why not? If you're going to buy the album for yourself, why not buy it for a loved one right here, right now? If you're feeling the frustration of that, then maybe this is the band for you. These guys here, well, they're pretty angry. Yeah, but it's, it was like 80s thrash angry. So it's more like they're just rebelling against... So, but they're not sure who they're rebelling against. It is. These guys, when I heard them first up, I'm like, that's Slayer, right? But the second time I heard it, I'm like, that's Slayer, but it's actually got some sort of like metalcore home in um, breakdowns a bit as well with some of those uh, riffs and stuff. It, and even the singing itself kind of felt more familiar in punk than it did in thrash. Yeah, and there's also a couple of death elements in there as well, as in from the band death. Yeah, exactly. It's actually got a little bit of uh, a spice... Sugar, and uh, if you don't think that's nice, then uh, what the hell are you doing listening to this podcast, I'd imagine? Yeah, and no, you don't really listen to this podcast for nice music. Actually, well, yeah, some of those, yeah, nah, not really. <laughs> so I guess straight off the bat, it does pay homage to the bands from the 80s. You know, I really do feel like the 80s thrash is the staple where this band currently is with this album in particular, and a lot of it feels like it's like higher tunings, production is very raw, very honest. Uh, they basically give you an FU to, to guitar solos. I mean, they're in there, but most of it is like grab the whammy bar and pretend it's your teacher and just kind of push it down and up and down and up and uh, make short work of your fretboard, I'd imagine. Yeah, hopefully. Oh, I mean, yeah, like a really good teacher. She was pretty hot, wasn't she? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, Miss Davies. I probably wouldn't do that, but not with her face, but with her vagina, the way they treat their whammy bar. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought you were mentioning, Matt. Yeah. Um, it's basically 
the more you listen to it though you start to realize some of the subtleties and that's what we're going to talk about right now of what we kind of thought the album was really good at and uh if you really want something out there that just kind of pushes you along i mean this thing here is a riffer roller man this has a lot of riffs man it's just going and going and going and it's just grinding things all up together but it mostly feels like a medium fast fast kind of album you know there's no never too many times the band slows it down, and when they do, you know, just around the corner, they're going to punch you in the face. Yeah, and exactly right. I mean, you're right. There's every now and then a, a um, the intro to a song would be a bit slow or a bit more like methodic. I think that's more so just to separate one ending of song to the start of the next song. So I do like a little slow drum roll, a little like semi acoustic guitar riff, but it's band straight back in it, high tempo, high adrenaline. Fast drum beats, a bit of blast beats at times, a bit of double kicking at times. Yeah. But then they also like to transition straight from that back into like a bit of a slow down, more again, back more to methodic section with some nice guitar licks chucked in every now and then to break yeah. it up a bit. Sometimes they didn't do it well, like for like the songs from the Mouths of the Serpents where they do the old classic fast riff and then they do that Tom thing, like duka 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 and then they go down, down, down. But for the most part, they execute it pretty well, you know. Um, it really does. I mean, if you like it into the old school times of the Kill Switch Engage albums, you know, back when they were like, you know, good, um, this kind of time, this kind of things can run, remind you of what they made them good at the time with um, the band because they were when they were really at the heaviest. And this band like does those metalcore things where they add those thrash and death metal elements together, but give it that punk backdrop. You know, the singer really kind of pulls it back into that. Uh, even with some of the singing and you know, being a vocal, female vocalist, I mean, the intro to track six with choking the difference. And uh, I think it's the uh, track 10 as well. I'm not too sure. I'm pretty sure it's Bodies of the Machine as well. But she plays more of a part in that. It's not the chick from, uh, from Demi Borgie. It's not that chick from Jerv. I think yeah. it's just uh, some punk chick, some man. Punk she chick. seems pretty, pretty chilled to kind of like just kind of plod along with it. Yeah, that was track 11. Track 11 sorry, Subgod. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Track 6 was just the intro and that's it but this one here she's kind of like the battling type vocalist but it, it's kind of like a similar style if one if if the guy singer was a chick singer it would be that type of style so it, it's, it's just cool I mean she, she adds another element which helps out a bit what they, you need to do is or, uh, basically give up the first track give us extinction uh, it was obviously the intro track right so that one's gone track 7 is a guitar uh, acoustic section which I'm pretty sure there's guitars around a stream for a start but more importantly Danny what about what that girl sang over it yeah I mean it's funny because it's Talking about Spinal Tap, this reminds me of uh, Nigel's Lick My Love Pump, where he does a nice soft piano like interlude type Beautiful. thing. Beautiful. Very yeah. alluring, isn't it? Yeah, and he decided to call it Lick My Love Pump. This is the same thing. Like, this is like a very uh, nice acoustic, very soothing. It's sweet. It's, yeah, um, yeah very, very uh, much pulls you into the moment. Yeah, but he decided to call it Carcass Rot, and the lyrics are pretty like disturbing, macabre type lyrics. So he's like, this is... A, yeah, it's it's like, a little silly. It's yeah. like, oh, okay. Like, um, it didn't need it. It could have been called Carcass Rot and left it for that and just let the song go. But then that girl kind of talks over, like you said, and, and says some like pretty hammy metaphors. But once you start reading lines of like, uh, your suffering will be legendary in hell, yeah. like, even in hell, I'm like, well, if you're going to rip off Hellraiser, then yeah, like, right. why not just have it all on board? But isn't what Thrash is about? It's just like, doing what you want without caring about other people. Oh, and, and the songs feel like this, man, as well. But that's the thing I'm saying. Track one, track seven, forget about. Track 11 is a punk song, and it really doesn't work on this album, to be honest. It felt like they were taking a uh, kind of fun with it as well, but for what they did so well, it was a step back. And obviously, twelve track, track 12 is literally like pulling up the handbrakes 
to 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 the to a meat factory where everything's just getting churned up, and this is just like calling it a day, and it just kind of feels like the song kind of slowly pulls you back from being just absolutely annihilated. I actually tapped out with this album the first time I listened to it. I got to track ten, I'm like, I'm done. Like it's, the whole time, it's just beating you, man. Um, not to say that, that was a bad thing. Not to say that um like uh they were too repetitive or anything. I think they do use their style to their strength, and it's. And if you don't like the second track or third track, we'll buy the, the seventh track. You, you would find the album pretty familiar, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's true. Well, I'm glad you stopped at seven because in track eight, I believe it's like eight or nine, it's actually a little bit different. It seems a bit more like higher range, and yeah. a bit more strong grooves. And that was cool. That was like very different. But again, it fitted well, but it was quite different. I enjoyed that, album, that song quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, I feel like track eight, nine, and 10 was when they started to introduce like mel- melody a little bit more, but the chorus started to come a little bit more catchier. So. It was the time where the had song, this album had to do something different, you know. Uh, it really felt like they'd get those palm mutes, those big zeros everywhere um, from the six string, and then just have it really fast from the drums, you know. Uh, this was the time to do it. So I'm glad they kind of shown that they had some other, you know, uh, knives in their pockets. Yeah, definitely right. And then they changed up a bit because the drum was more about the cymbal hits in that song rather than doing just like crazy on the toms. But then later on, Blast beats and double kicks are entered, so they try to make it varied a bit. Yeah, I can really see this one resonating with kids. Like, you know, songs like Ingesting the Vial, it's like, it's just so much fun where it's just kind of like, you know, this would, kids would eat this more up than Sherbert because it's just such a good way of going into a circle pit, going for a run, headbanging. These riffs are very simple and for very like rare instances where they're using three, four beats like Worship the Cancer, where they kind of have taken away uh, their general. Uh, I wouldn't say predictable, but that 4-4 beat where it's like, you know, it's on the beat, you know where it's going to be. Uh, yeah, it feels like, you know, this is a good one for the younger kids to kind of rise up with, you know. It's, it feels like a, uh, a way of connecting kids into, you know, the, the world and showing it that, so they can get into it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, they, they pretty much stick to their roots quite soft, being the main centre of everything. Songs will have a part that will slow down and put a bit of a groove in there to get you, like, mm. bobbing along and put a bit of a breakdown, more a thrash style breakdown and not, not like a deathcore breakdown. Yeah. But so it was enough there to keep changing, trying to keep you engaged and not just be like, when we did lock up this year, it was just like balls to the wall. Yeah. As fast as you play for like 35 minutes. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't as engaging because the riffs weren't, I couldn't connect with the riffs as much. It was more of a showcase of technicality than a placating or, or doing the right thing for the song. And these guys, I really feel like, even though they're pretty much an F you to the world and F you to song structures and all that, not as much as some of the bands we've done before, Code Orange, for example, these guys are far more straightforward. And I think uh, it works, you know. It's, it's, it's a, mo- a little bit more familiar, but um, for hardcore punk fans, for metalcore fans, uh, I can see the older generation and the younger generation, generation really connecting with this because... Um, it really is in a, a capsule for heavy metal, in a sense, over the last 20 years. And uh, it shows people what they got into it for and why this genre will never kind of die. The, the thrash metal, I mean, hell, people in Adelaide are still using these riffs to this day, you know. And, um, and that's important, I think, to know that uh, pure anger. And I think this is like a really good angry way of doing uh, music. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, again... They're all great musicians. You, I mean, they're, yeah, they're solid, man. They're solid. And like, and the, the solos are only added just to do solos. They're not there. Trust, like, look, I'm going to do a crazy no. lick now. Not like Kerry King style. Where he'll no. just do like a crazy solo for no reason. Doesn't fit in. These guys, they try to tie it together. And when they slow down, speed up, and change nice licks and different drum beats, they try to transition quite well. And it's done well. Like the singer will 
they'll use a singer to help bridge a gap between the fast and slow tempos or staccato riffing and a single hit the staccatos with the hats and the riffs so it all tries to blend in quite well they try to make it like a structured song and I think they've done a well good job of it now the thing is though if by the first or second track if you really don't like your, your music this like angry like the, the, the music then um, I really would think that uh, you're not going to like this album it really really is an album for the extreme uh, metalheads um, or even people who just like their music heavy and really angry and loud. And this album is very loud. You know, it's, it needs to be played loud. Um, the singer is very loud. Uh, <laughs> it's just the way it is. And then minus a couple of blemishes, like, you know, the track seven, which was a bit silly and uh, the, um, the punk track on cyber God, which uh, maybe the meaning behind it was cool, but the distortion and the, and the feel of it didn't really fit the album. A couple from those blemishes, it really is a solid album and one that um, I think is, uh, if you just need adrenaline shot for the day, better than 30 grams of coffee. Exactly. And your money goes to a good cause. Unlike when you get coffee, it goes to a hipster douchebag who yeah. probably made fun of you because you ordered something with wrong milk or yeah. some bullshit. Yeah, crying about how the injustice of the world and capitalism, meanwhile, making money off some poor guy who's like making three cents to the hour. So That's right. Yeah. We, be that as it may, the album is very good. Uh, it's very thrashy and very heavy. It's good to see bands still taking the stuff on board, but at least these guys are doing something with it. You know, they've tried to uh, to add some different elements, and uh, it's a refreshing change on a drummer, which has pretty much been played to death almost. You could argue, but at least these guys give it a fresh uh, take. No, it's been thrashed. Thrashed. Hey, see that? That's better. Playing to death is different, Matt. <laughs> um, final thoughts? Oh, I really enjoyed it. I'm surprised because I'm I never was massive into thrash growing up. I missed that phase. And most thrash albums to me is like that. You just balls to the walls all the time and I get a bit sick of it, a bit repetitive and kind of blends in too much. This actually didn't. This one here, actually, I quite enjoyed it. Mm. But you're right, it does. it is taxing still. Like it, I do find it hard to find the whole album because it can be a bit full on at times. But at times when they try to break it down, slow it down and put a bit of groove to it, I'd, I'd enjoy yeah. it. So, to be enjoyed yeah. in small doses, much like a, a fast food meal. Like I wouldn't live off this stuff. But uh, nothing better than uh, just che- catching a sneaky, uh, cheap meal that uh, does the job. And uh, these guys do it. Ayokuri. And with that, Danny. Well, cut. in the words of All Out War, this is actually, I wasn't sure if this was one of the lyrics or from a Hallmark card. So I'll read it to you. It's huh. uh, choking on the stench of indifference, drowning in the filth of despair, mm. bleeding through the wounds of deception with unknown crosses to bear. Yeah, that was a Mother's Day card. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I read that last. Uh, uh, we gave that to mum actually this year, Danny, I think it was. Yeah, it still gets me, man. <laughs> <laughs> with that, we're at the end of our show, guys. Uh, we are catching you uh, at the end of the year soon. We've only got three months till Christmas, and you know what that means, Danny? Ooh, our top ten list, Matthew. Is that what you're alluding to? I was actually going to say that uh, I'm, I'm more predictable than that. My, I'm getting my, get my heavy metal jumpers a year. My girlfriend never knows what to buy me. And I'm telling her, listen, if you want this relationship to work, just get me merch. Just get me band merch, man. That's all I care about, right? But more importantly, we're going to give you guys the uh, top 10, but also maybe the bottom 10, probably the bottom five. We yeah. all, there has been some uh, albums this year that we want to talk about, and some for the right reasons and some for the wrong reasons, but uh, I'm sure you guys want to hear it. Yes, but more importantly, get your tickets to New Death Fest because yes. we'll be there next Saturday at Fowler's Live. We'd like to see you there. Absolutely. And until then, I have been Super Metal Brother Matt. And I've been Super Metal Brother Dan. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next week.